Katrina, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying good morning. <laughs> When's the last time I saw you? When's the last time you punched me in the face? The, that what time? That we one time. I think that was last year. I think that was that was when me and Chris fought on the same card. Yeah. How was that, by the way? That's fucking insane. Because I think I asked Chris when he came on. Um, I mean, we're gonna get into the whole significant other oh, thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how was that? Uh, having like being on the same fight card as like teammates is one thing but you guys are a thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it was crazy because like we had gone together and then we started fight camp like pretty much right away mm. so we and we were kind of trying to keep it under wraps from rick <laughs> like because we were like oh we don't know how he's gonna react yes. like we just we were literally saying like okay we just gotta win this fight like together on yeah. the same card and no anything anymore because when people found out it was kind of like you know they don't say anything but they're like oh are you guys sure like kind of like i know they're looking for, out for our best interest but it's kind of like yeah oh, what are you guys doing you know Why, like i don't see what uh for me personally i don't see a negative connotation towards that like when i found out i was like happy for some, like literally I remember, when i i remember you were like oh i was like what's going on and then you, like, you guys were like shut the fuck up I was like, Rick doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't like, I don't know. I don't know why that would be a negative connotation. Like, why is that? I mean, they say in general, like uh, people need to be careful being in a relationship while having a fight career because it is tough. But I think it's better when two people are in the same realm. I think it just makes it easier, right? Yeah, definitely. Because especially like, I mean, you know, like you have to be committed like every single day, going to training, like. I've been in relationships before where it was like, oh, you're going to training again? And I was like, yeah, I do. I do have to do this. Or like, oh, you can't eat this. Or, yeah. you know, all those things are like, you have to go to sleep at this time. I'm like, <laughs> it was like, yeah, I have to do all of this. You know, so like doing it with him makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So, but yeah, fighting on the same card was crazy. Who fought first? You did? He did. Oh. God. so like it was fine like we walked in there i could see too because i was the only girl in the back yeah and so like we walk in like holding hands i could see like everyone in the locker room kind of looking i was like what is going on like maybe like she's the corner or yeah. something but then it was like okay we're both like getting wrapped up <laughs> mm -hmm. and then like uh when they left and i was the only one in the back i could just like feel everyone kind of just looking at me that's so like, weird like who gives a shit i just put on my headphones i sat in the cubby and just like i was like just focus on myself <laughs> But you guys both became like victorious at the end of it. Mm -hmm. That feeling must have been fucking insane. It was a really good feeling. Um, I remember he came back. I had already looked on Instagram. Like I, someone posted something, and I was like, okay, he won. Yeah. Walk in, and even like I glanced at him out the corner of my eye when he. Came oh, so in. you weren't watching? I wasn't watching. I was just sitting in the back. I was like, I don't want to watch. Yeah. I have to worry about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to like, I don't know. You know, something bad happened. Yeah. And then, like, see that right before. Psych you out. Yeah, and like, oh, so, but then um, my jiu-jitsu coach, he came in front of me, and he's like, hey, don't look at him, that didn't happen, like, he doesn't matter, mm -hmm. like, all these things, I was like, okay, like, <laughs> I guess I'll just see you after, yes. you know? So you are, you are actually very young in the game, but it's kind of crazy, like, when, when did fighting even come into your life, like, what age, and why did you get into fighting? Very interesting. Uh, 
my dad, he was, like, super into um, watching, like, UFC. Uh-huh. We lived in Vegas for a little bit. Like, I was born in Vegas. We lived there. So, like, when that started coming around, he was like, oh, like, I'm interested in that, you know? I feel like all dads <laughs> kind of, like, once they see that, they're like, ooh, like, what's that? <laughs> but, um, and then he had my older brother training at a French Shamrock gym. Oh, okay. For a little while, like, yeah. when he was a kid. Yeah. And then we moved to Sunnyvale. Um. My dad was still like, okay, like, let's get you guys into, like, MMA. Yeah. I want you guys to train. And so my two brothers, my younger brother and my older brother, they started training. And I was like, mm, like, whatever. And yeah. I would, like, sit on the sidelines and watch for, like, I think, like, half a year or a year. Yeah. And then it started getting to the point, like, I'd get home. and like, hey, you guys need to do this. Like, you guys aren't doing this right. This is how you need to hip escape. <laughs> this is how you're supposed to do it properly. This is what they're telling you to do. Uh-huh. And then so my dad was finally like, hey, like, let's sign you up. And I was like, okay. So got into it. It was just training, like no competition. So that was like when I was like seven. Mm. Trained for a couple years. Took like a year off. And then when it got to middle school, my parents were like, hey, you have to find a new hobby or join a sports <laughs> team or go back to AKA. Uh-huh. And I was kind of like resistant, you know. I was kind of like. I don't want to, like, you know, just kind of, like, awkward, like, oh, like, I don't want to, like, touch guys and yeah, that. Yeah, But then, like, they're, like, just try it for a month, and if you really don't like it after a month, like, you can quit. Mm-hmm. And then um, I didn't quit. <laughs> I, like, got really into it, and then I was like, oh, like, I'm going to become a fighter. You know, like, oh, I was so that, that's where the intention yeah, came. Yeah, like, I was just, because I was, like, really, like, being competitive mm. and just, like, how you can keep learning. And so, <clears throat> like, I was watching Anthony, you know, go through, like, he started his pro career. Like, it was, like, the tail end of his amateur and then mm. starting his pro career. And I was like, oh, like, I could really do this, you know? Yeah. And so it started to become, like, a lot more serious as I got older. <laughs> so it did start with jiu-jitsu. You were taking kickboxing and boxing it and all that like stuff? It was, like, the kids' class at AK was, uh, like, one day would be, like, kickboxing, two days of jiu-jitsu, and then, like, a day of, like, MMA. Yeah. So, like, it was, like, all mixed together. So it was, like kind of exposure to everything yeah did you fall in love with it because it is hard it is hard like you're i mean the body aches the the constant like god damn like you know what i mean it's yeah. really rough on the body especially you walk into the gym with your gym bag you put the gym bag down you're just like oh shit like another day you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. it's hard but it's kind of weird how we are like so obsessed with it right even to this day like i'm not in the fight game but i constantly think about it yeah you know still what I mean? watching right it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird so did it take a while for you to love it right away or did it was just like kind of like instantly when you took that break and you came back into the gym it was pretty much instantly like i remember like i think sometimes because i was like sixth grade and then like in seventh grade i remember people were like oh like what are you gonna be when you're older i'm, like, I'm gonna be a professional fighter yes. <laughs> so like i remember i write thing, those things in you know but um yeah i think obviously coming back from breaks is just hard mm. but like I knew, like, okay, if I just keep building up, like, I can keep this, like, pace. Yeah. And then, like, I don't have to stop and restart. <laughs> yes. What's the what's the hardest thing about being a pro fighter? I mean, a fighter. Soon to be pro. <laughs> <laughs> to me, you're pro, honestly. Uh, to me, you're pro. So I'll say it already. Amateur, amateur. Yeah. <laughs> um, the hardest thing? So many hard things, you know? Like, I would say the hardest thing is, like, balance. Not even just, like, within the sport. Like, you have to make sure, like, okay, you're getting your grappling in. You're getting your striking in. You're getting your cardio in. Your strength training in. You're getting, like, your recovery in. All of those things is, like, hard to balance. And then also just balancing it in your life. Yeah. You know? I, like, 
in high school, like, I just had a lot of things going on, so I would train, like, all the time. Like, as much as I could, I would just, like, just go to the gym, do my thing. But then, like, once I, like, graduated out of high school and, like, the first year, I was like, okay, like, I got to find, like, a balance, you know? Because mm-hmm. I was, like, getting injured, all these things. And I was like, okay, like, I got to figure it out yeah. within my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I've, it's always hard, too, because, like, we have to say no a lot. You know, family events, family vacations, or, you know, the whole eating out thing with it comes to family too. And they just, there's yeah. never any understanding in that. You know what I mean? It's like, guys, I have to make weight. I have to maintain this leanness to be able to make sure like I'm okay for, you know, just fight camp. I don't want to overdo it. And it's, it's always hard to like balance that. Like you have to say no a lot. And that's a damn, damn shame, especially when it comes to like relationships too. Mm-hmm. Like I stayed single for a big majority of like my fight career. Uh, cause I thought to me, then it was like, it was a distraction for me personally. If I was fighting now, uh, I would definitely channel it a lot of better and be more mature about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back then I saw it as a distraction. Um, how do how about you? Cause I know when you were approaching, you're doing tournaments and even in the beginning of your amateur career, and then you meet Chris while well, we all started doing those groups. Did you always have the looks for Chris? I mean, he's a handsome uh, devil, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was worried this question would come <laughs> Shout out to Doe. <laughs> Um, actually, I've told him this, too. We've talked about it. But, like, I liked him, like, since I was a kid. Oh, shit. Like, I was always, like, you know, as we started growing up, and, like, he was, like, oh, like, I'm going to fight at 125. I was, like, you'd be the perfect training partner. <laughs> like, so I was, like, you know, like, it's whatever. Like, it's just, like, a childish thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, I was, like, oh. <laughs> like, I don't know. We just started hanging out more, and it was, like, okay, like, you know, like, we're pretty compatible. Yeah, that's so crazy how, like, that sinks in. I feel like that's the, but isn't that so hard? Because it, there is, the training camps are harder than the fights. But sometimes when you go into the fight, you don't really know what's going to happen. Like, you can get really, really hurt. Isn't that, like, a one thing that, like, I feel like the both of you would share? Because he walked out first in your guys' last meeting when it comes to sharing and being on the same card. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the worst thing for you is for him to come back into the locker room like he doesn't look he doesn't look the same yeah right that's yeah. terrifying do you do you guys ever like think about that because like how are you even because uh, in the future you know what I'm say if you guys do share another card again it's almost like i like how you did you kind of stayed away you weren't watching but it's almost like how do you react when he comes back and things don't go his way you know what i mean yeah <gasps> i think one thing like in training not as much as AK, at AK, but at the other gym we train at, like the jiu-jitsu, like the One World jiu-jitsu. Um, often, like, our coach would have us, like, both go into, like, you know, like Shark Tank or something. Mm. But, like, kind of, like, near each other. Yeah. And there would be days where it was, like, one of us is getting beat up and the other one isn't, you know? Uh. So it's kind of, like, glancing over there, like, oh, like, seeing that he, maybe he's struggling. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of, like, okay, well... I trust that he can take care of it himself, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like giving up that, really like releasing that, like, oh, I can't worry about that, you know? Because yeah. he can do the best that he can, and if, like, he falls short, then I can't, that can't reflect on me, you know? Yeah. I have to make sure, it's like, okay, like, I know what I can do, and I have to do that. It's a completely separate thing, you know? Yeah. How do you feel during, like, the process of, like, the fight camp? Uh, the way in the locker room and in the fight like what's that whole process like for you um (laughs) i try to keep it pretty like try to stay calm (laughs) you're really stoic which is crazy like every time we would spar i'd hit you and you're like same face i'm like hey 
give me an emotion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. a hella stoic. I tried my best, you know. Um, I think Rick, like I thought I was pretty good at that. Yeah. And then every time like Rick, you know, like he hits you during like the mitts and I'm just like, yes. stay calm. Like I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. He's like, and he'll stop me like, why are you upset? He's like, is it because I hit you? I'm like, okay. So it's yeah. like, shut up. Yeah. I'm like, and then I'll really like try to stay calm, you know. I think yeah. he tries to like poke at us, you know. Yeah. Like, Purposely. Yeah. Purposely. Yeah. So even like just your mindset when it comes to like the locker room is like where everything is done. Right. And you're kind of just like everybody has like different thought processes. And like even when you're in the locker room, you get to see a lot of faces and get to see their different reactions. Some people are very emotional, some people are very nervous, some people are very ready. It all just depends. Uh, what type of emotions are you feeling during the locker room? Um, I know when I get to the venue, I'm like feeling a little nervous, you know, yeah. going through the what ifs with Rick mm. or whoever, like and getting to the venue, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But usually I feel like it's a little different for girls at least. Mm. This past card that I was supposed to fight on was supposed to be an all girls card. Oh, so shit. it's gonna be kind of like a different feel. But, like, when I go into the locker rooms, like, I remember my first two fights, or I guess three, <laughs> like, um, I was, like, one of the only girls, if not the only girl back there. So I feel like for guys, <clears throat> like, there's, like, tension, you know? People mm. in the same weight class, maybe in the oh, same yeah. locker room. And it's, like, obviously you're not fighting each other that night, but it's, like, oh, like I might fight you in the future. Yeah. You know, that's, like, something that, like, I always hear about. And for me, I just go back there. I'm like, well, kind of just chilling by myself, kind of like watching and kind of being yeah. like entertained. For mm -hmm. the first, like, until about, like, when I start to get my hands wrapped and everything, I stay pretty, like, just kind of, like, being entertained yeah. by people, trying to, like, laugh, like, trying to just, like, relax because I know, like, there's no point in getting so hyped up. Like, I know my first fight, um, I had to wait, like, four or five hours because that was a co-main event. Oh. So I had to wait, like, yeah, like about five hours. Because we got there around 3.30. And then I think I fought around like 9. Jesus. So for the first three hours, I just like laid on. Like I just laid on my back and just yeah. like thought about nothing. <laughs> I was like, there's no point in getting so hyped up, you know. Yeah, right. So long. I feel like the best way is just to kind of stay relaxed. Like I remember every time I shared a card with Anthony, sleeping. And not even like sleeping, probably just a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He's just trying to keep himself as calm as possible. And just like when it's time to like get the chains off, it's like, oh shit, they're off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the monster's kind of out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny because like, I feel like fighters, we're like the most peaceful people. Like we're always smiling and like a lot of us are very happy. and We're just at peace with ourselves. Um, but there's like that weird switch that you have to flip. Like, you see Anthony, you see Chris, you see John, you see Athena, you see you, you see me, Rick. Mm -hmm. We're all very smiley. Every time we're together, we're all very smiley. Yeah. But it's weird that we're actually very dangerous at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Is that kind of weird that you like think about like you're this peaceful person, but you're also very, very dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of like the balance, you know? I feel yeah. like if you go to training and especially if it's like you're in camp like twice a day or whatever it is, like, you know, you're pushing your body. You want to, like, have fun yeah. outside, you know? You don't always want to be so serious because mm -hmm. then it's, like, that's tiring. Yeah. You're trying to be, like, okay, like, I'm 100% on. Like, during <laughs> practice, like, no one's going to see me smile. <laughs> and then, like, what, to leave practice and, like, no one's going to see me smile. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Like, why act, like, all, like, hard all the time or grumpy or this and that? It just kind of makes things boring. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, fight camp is already hard in itself. Like, why would you want to make it harder and more, I don't know, just boring? 
You know what I mean? Like we like to joke around, we like to fool around and so on and so forth. And when you hear Rick's dad jokes, like all the goddamn time, it's like, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Rick would do that, and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> I know, because he would, he would be like, oh, like I'm telling a story. Like, and then like, I remember he'd be like, you know, I do that for a reason, right? Yeah. Like, Why do you think I told you that story? I was like, I didn't know. Because <laughs> he's like, because every time like I get frustrated, I know, and then he'll like, start talking about something completely different. He's like, all right, let's yeah. try this again. Yes. I'm like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> It's so funny because I, I don't like to say uh, I have any regrets, but I wish I worked with Rick my entire career. Yeah, I'm sad that he's shortening Dude, it. And that's the thing too, like you you guys started your career with him, right? And it's the value that he provided was just like very uncommon. It was very just like, what is this? This is like something that you can't buy, you know? Mm -hmm. And even for you guys, you guys are still young in your careers you still have so big of a head of a future ahead and it is it hurt that he's no longer going to be working with you guys anymore yes but i think like i would rather have no offense <laughs> i would rather have starting my career and rather than getting to the end and then having him you know yeah it's like he's really set the standard for me like mm. what a coach is and what they should be doing you know yeah and which is not to put shit on other coaches <laughs> yes but like even like last night i was watching some of the fights and in the corners like some people are like freaking out you know and like if i were to see that i was like oh like yeah. there's something going on you know like one thing with rick is like i know he has like complete like trust and belief in me and my success you know yeah. there's never like a doubt or it's like we're not there yet, mm. but, like, you'll get there mm -hmm. if we keep doing these things, you yeah. know? And, like, I can feel that, like, outside of the cage and then, like, when we're inside there and he's, like, coaching me. I, like, I can't hear him during fights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realize that I can't really hear him that much yeah. unless we're super close. But in between rounds, like, he's super calm. He's like, like, point one, point yeah. two, point three. And then, like, do you hear what I said? Mm -hmm. Yes or I don't. Yeah. Can repeat it and then you know so i don't feel like that's something that's really common yeah and like he he like you said he he really set the standard for us honestly and it's so funny because like even i've only had one fight with him one fight and really? it was just yeah not two no it's <laughs> crazy like the last fight i did that was all with him like i approached him when i like took a break from mma it took like a year off mm -hmm. uh just because i like i lost two in a row mm -hmm. and i was like i need to make a change and i anthony doe is my favorite fighter of all time like even to watch like you know i know we all like we watch ufc but to me i would always say my amateur career and my pros like oh anthony doe like people would ask me like my friends like oh who do you like to watch all the time like, oh anthony literally but i'm like where did that where are those skills like developing and why is anthony always evolving and i always like to look at the coaches mm -hmm. i always like to like who is he who is he paying attention to who is like where is the mentorship coming from and then i saw rick and i knew of rick and the first time the first time I met Rick was when I was an amateur. He was like, he put me aside and like told me some stuff and he wasn't like my coach or anything, but it's because he brought the guys from Sunnyvale, John and uh, mm -hmm. Anthony to come do sparring. <laughs> and Rick told me, so I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I know, it's super unsuspecting. Yes. <laughs> but he, he set such a huge standard um, to the point where it's like, man, like now what? You know what I mean? When it comes to the coaches, it's it's not even, I don't even consider him a coach. It's like, mentor if not more than that you know because mm -hmm. he we are we are tested physically every day but he tested you psychologically 
You know what I mean? And that's what was so challenging. And even my last fight, I really did not care about impressing my friends or family when they were all watching. I only cared about what Rick thought. I feel that. Right? (laughs) Sparring, training, like, it's like, whatever, like, I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I saw uh, Chris's comment. He was like, oh, like, postmortems gave me anxiety. Man, like, <laughs> like uh, even the two times I won, I could see it in Rick's face. Like, it was like, I didn't do something. And I was like, yeah. like oh, okay. Like, I'll see you. I'll see you next week. <laughs> but I love those crazy critiques. Like, he's not criticizing. He's mm-hmm. giving the proper critiques. Like, he's literally making you think. And, like, I remember the whole training camp, I feel like I did nothing right when working with him. I was like, oh, my God. I'm just not. Like, it was just constant challenge, though, and I loved that. But I remember in the fight, when the first round ended, he, like, we sat in the corner. He was like, Daniel, great round. I was like, what? Because he said something nice. <laughs> something positive. <laughs> yes. So it's it's so crazy um, to be able to have that standard. And I just feel like even now for you guys, I kind of like how you said it's good to have it in the beginning because when you're pro, things are going to be so different. But I feel like he's always going to be around in a way. I don't think he's going to be gone, God. You know what I mean? No, he even told us. He was like, hey, like, if you guys need me for anything, like, just message me if you want me to watch some sparring videos. So I think it's just like physically he's not going to be like mitt holding or like in the cage with us. I think like for sure, like I'll always feel comfortable. Like, hey, this is happening in training. I'm not sure, you know, but he's even provided like, I mean, all like the documentation, all the questioning, like even like, um. For the last like few months, like he'll have me and Chris come at the same time at the garage. Yeah. And then we'll just sit there watching each other. Yeah. And then it's basically I think he's just trying to have us like repeat kind of like what he says or look for the same things, you know? So it's yeah. just kinda like training us so we can do that same thing mm-hmm. when he's gone, you know. Yeah, and I love like how we can kind of keep his same principles when it comes to if we are fighting a specific opponent, a specific style, mm-hmm. uh, we are implementing that person, you know? Like if you would want Hey, Chris, watch my person. Watch the girl that I'm going to fight. And then he can implement her. And then also we can implement them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of like the principles that Rick taught us. It's like use them. And if like obviously we're going to come across another coach and it's just like, oh, let's let's just add more to it. Let's add more to the toolbox because there's just so much to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked you what's the hardest thing about fighting? What's the best thing about it? The best thing about it? Um, I would probably say like the resilience it gives you. That was like the first thing that popped in my head right now. It's like, there's no way you can go through all of that and all of that pressure and still succeed. And then like outside of life, feel like, oh, yeah. like something's going to take me out, you know? Right. So it's like really thinking about that. Yeah, it's definitely the resilience. Yeah. It's nothing like that. <laughs> Especially when you guys are done fighting. It's almost mm-hmm. like you guys know it's like, oh, if I just put the same work ethic I did in fighting, because what is fighting is very diversified. You are doing such a variety of disciplines all at once and balancing all of them. And it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like if you guys can do that and then put it into something else, it's like it's undefeated kind of thing. It's like, okay, I'm ready for it. And if shit goes wrong, okay, I'll figure it out and do something else. Right? Mm-hmm. That's like, because what is training? A lot of fuck ups, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, coming back and it's very like humbling. And you have to be able to, like, put your ego to the side. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to say, like, look yourself in the mirror, like, hey, either, like, I'm not doing this right or I'm not putting in the work. Like, I need to do this and this and this. And if you're able to do that, like, I feel like you'll be successful anywhere. Yeah. And even yourself, like, 
you have great momentum going for yourself. Like you are winning, you have so much potential and your training partners are all very talented. And I just feel like the future is definitely bright. And like when I said yesterday, like, oh, next world champ that I'm interviewing tomorrow, like I meant that. Um, how do you stay grounded? Uh, grounded? Because it's very easy for us, I feel like, to get that crazy boost of confidence. And sometimes we talk a little bit differently, but sometimes at the same time, we have to be like, hey, chill out a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, you can even... Rick says this is like my biggest problem. <laughs> like, like any any time it's like we're talking about like oh like weaknesses or like you know like what they need to beat you. Oh. And my top one is always like uh, like my inner dialogue. You know, like I'm always like super like, dang, I didn't do that. Like I'm yeah. like overly oh. critical sometimes. You know, because mm. I want to like be like perfect almost. Yes, 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 yes. So I would say like sometimes I don't really get that boost. Like maybe internally, and then like very quickly I'm like. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's no, good like, then. Like this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's your um, almost like I don't know. That's just your the vibe that you give off. Like you you walk around that you're very confident, but you're also very stoic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's good to have that because a lot of people when they gain traction when it comes to fighting, I'm a I'm a good person of it. Like as an example, because when I started winning, oh, 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 acting stupid. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it gets to you. But I feel like having that grounded kind of like stoic mindset, it kind of keeps you grounded and stay grounded. Because a lot of people, it's like, I feel like that's their weakness. That's their downfall when they believe in the hype, you know? And like you kind of see it in fighters too, like in the UFC in the highest caliber. Like Joanna John Jacek, I loved watching her, right? But I also loved watching her speak. But at the same time, like when she lost, people were like, oh, she needed to be humble, this and that. But it's like, guys, like this sport is very violent. Like it's hard to like shake somebody's hand, be respectful. And we always are, but this person's actually training to kill me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Especially so, right after the fight. <laughs> like yeah. they just got through that, like through winning or through whatever. And then they're like, put the mic up to you. Yeah. And, like, you know, like I'm sure that's like extremely hard to try to be like, oh, like, yeah. That was okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think that's possible. Yes. When you're in the cage and the person is in front of you, what are you thinking about? My first fight, I remember, um, I mean, obviously it was like my first fight. So, you know, yeah. like, everyone's trying to like, hey, you can't take her lightly, this and that. And respect to her. But like, I remember something just like, there was just like that switch you were talking about. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Like, no one can beat me. So yeah. I, I can't really exactly remember. <laughs> yes. Um, my second fight, it was a little more like a little more present. Mm. But I would say this last fight, like I remember we got in there and I was like, whoa, you're really close to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's only two of us in here. Like, yeah. it was kind of like, I remember being like, whoa, <laughs> like all mm. of a sudden, like it wasn't just like, you know, kind of like autopilot. I feel like my first two fights, it was just, like adrenaline, like yeah. just go all out, you know? And then my third fight, that was something that I was like, trying to like strive for like be a little more present in there yeah and i felt like i was but that was also a little scary i was like whoa yeah. <laughs> like you're trying to hit me just as hard too <laughs> yeah isn't it like do you ever think about i mean it's kind of weird to think about this in the cage but it's always like the most after effect when you're kind of settled down you're eating with your family and your friends and so on and so forth and you're just like okay it's all over but it's like you think about it like it's kind of weird like i am in a cage fighting somebody in front of people <laughs> like it's it's the new age of the gladiator days mm -hmm. right and it's always so weird that my friends and family would tell me that like daniel you're weird for doing this and i'd say you're weird for watching me do it <laughs> yeah yeah i would say yeah when you put it that way it sounds like the audience is a little more weird um 
I know my first fight, like, I told Rick, like, uh, we were, like, getting ready to walk out, and I was going, this is fucking crazy, Rick. Yeah. Rick! Settle down. And I was like, this is what, because, like, I had never, like, at that point, too, like, I had not, like, gloves on, and, like, I was like, this is fucking crazy. I was like, am I supposed to be doing this? Like, I was just, like, thinking all those things, you know, like, is this right? Like, obviously, I've been training for it. I enjoy training, but it was like. Am I supposed to, you know, it's like just crazy to think about. Yeah. I know you haven't, um, say, dealt with loss yet, right? I actually have. Have you? That's when I lost. The fight? Yes. Did you? I lost by split decision. I don't remember that. It was, what the uh, fuck? Yeah. Uh, March at Dragon House. Oh, shit. Let me tell you. We'll talk about that. Shady things happening. Oh, God. Talk about it. She wasn't at the way. Well, this was a this was a last minute setup too. Oh, okay, okay. Because my opponent, me and Chris were supposed to fight on that same card that he fought on, like I think March tenth, and then my opponent had pulled out a couple weeks before. Yeah. We were looking at it, we were like, like Rick was like adamant, you know, like get another fight. Like you've been training, like there's no point in like not mm. trying to find another fight. Yeah. So, we go to Dragon House. He sets us up with one of his girls, and we were supposed to fight. I think the previous year or like a few months before but i had gotten hurt and um her previous fights i don't think she's ever fought at 125 mm-hmm. like spot 35 45 you know yeah. so everything seems pretty chill i do my interview seems pretty like you know how you do try like yeah. tries to hype you up or like all these things it was pretty like chill and i was like yeah hmm. like that's kind of weird yes and then i get to the weigh-ins and he's like hey she had to go to work, so she weighed in with the pros, and I was like, "Oh, all right." Mm. Didn't see her. Um, there was also weird things going on with the scales at the actual weigh-ins. So wild. I I was just like, you know what? Like, I didn't even th- I knew that was a possibility. Like, she probably wasn't even on weight. Mm. You know these type of things. Because I remember the weeks before he was like, "Oh, like um, like I'll tell her right now that you guys are gonna fight because she's gotta lose the weight." You know, trying to say all these things. And so I didn't even think about that. And then when we got into the fight, like, uh, the announcers, you can see in the video, if you look up the YouTube video, they announced, like, oh, and this fight is at 135. And I look up, and I'm like, and then I hear Zhang, like, on the side. He's like, 125, 125. Wow. And I was like, I was like, man, y'all fucked me over. Crazy, And right? then I, like, could tell, like, I was like, she looks a little bigger. And then, like, once I saw the pictures, like, from, like, my family, you know, she looked mm-hmm. a lot bigger but despite all that like i knew like technically if i had been like a little sharper mm-hmm. in certain areas i definitely could have beat her yeah like decisively you know there's just like some things like i think the first round i came out i got a takedown and then i kind of like got too high on the back fell off and then it was mm-hmm. kind of back and forth the second round i think i won because i just like controlled her on the ground for the most part and then the third round it was kind of like back and forth but at the end she like kind of teed off a little bit and i was like you know i know that doesn't look like good for the judges yeah and so. it, it kind of sucks because we're fighting on a promotion right but in reality of it uh promoters don't really don't carry things in your best interest you know what i mean they're just there for their promotion their card they're making sure everything is intact making sure their fights happen make sure they put asses on the seats it's unfortunate like fighters are transactions to them you know that's all it is so we a lot of a, I mean talk to any fighter they've all been fucked over by a promoter like myself yourself like anybody has um 
but even like after that uh the loss isn't that like the most the worst feeling ever yeah i remember because after my second fight and it was at dragon house too i had won but i had been going through like a lot of like just personal things you know throughout that camp and that week and so like i was kind of like crying afterwards i was like dang like i know i could have done better you know things like that but then after this past fight like i remember um he was like don't cry Mm. don't let them see you cry this and that and i think i like walked out the cage i made it like halfway (laughs) to the locker room i was like "Ah." (laughs) you know but i think it was also maybe it could be different too like i think if i got like finished or like something happened early in the rounds you know i think that probably would have been like dang like you know like i got completely dominated there's still a little bit like i was like you know like i know i wasn't horrible out there Mm. and i think like having the support is really crucial too yeah chris right away he like came out and was like hey like walk me to the locker rooms Mm. all these things you know like i think everyone in my corner knows that like i'm pretty hard on myself yeah so it's not like oh like there's people around me like hey like you didn't do this you didn't do that so i think having a good support system and being grounded in that like makes losing not easier no one wants to lose i never want to get used to losing you know not saying i would want to lose but if it does happen again or when it does happen again Mm. like i know that i have people that can like support me through that process yeah i so fucking not a sore losing i hated it i remember my last loss before i started working with rick i remember when because i got finished that fight Mm -hmm. and when they raised his hand and they were announcing his name as the winner, I remember I said to myself, I'd rather die than lose. I, yeah. I, yeah. Like <laughs> that feeling is just so like insane. Like you put, like I said, fuck you to everything just so I can focus on fighting. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like I, I prioritize family time now because I'm not in fighting anymore. I don't really have to put athletics over everything now. So I make sure I prioritize my family back then. I didn't prioritize anything. I just prioritized the, I was married to fighting, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like when it doesn't go your way, it puts you at this pre- uh, depressive state. For sure. Like, I was say probably, yeah, like, right after my fight, too, because it's, like, um, sometimes, like, especially if you get injured or things like that, you know, it's, like, obviously, you always want to take, like, a week off. Yeah. Like, usually, I would say, like, I would say, like, after your fights, like, you just went through, like, like probably, like, a couple months of, like, training. Yeah. You know, you want to take some time, you know, just reset. But even, like, if you get hurt or just, like, coach is like, hey, just take some time off, you know? Mm. That's, like, pretty – that's pretty hard, too, because, I mean, what what else do I do? <laughs> so I would just, like, sit at home, kind of just, like – and all you can do is think about your loss. Yeah. You know? So I tried to, like – I like, I knew, like, I was like, okay, like, these are the things I need to do. Like, yeah. I think even, like, you were talking about, like, kind of, like, staying humble or, like, staying grounded, like – in competitions even before i started fighting and then even my fights it was like yes i was winning and i go to the gym like a week later and get beat up Mm. so it's like something i know like you know i'm not like the best like just because i won this fight or i won this match you know i'm not the best and i think it's also like you know like i lost doesn't mean i'm the worst you know right away Mm. it's just like on that day like i lost yeah do you uh what athletes do you study do you, do you study opponents? And do you actually study your opponents as well? Mm, I left that to Rick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I definitely, like, watch the videos, but I know, like, if I watch them too much, like, yeah. I start to psych myself out. Yeah. More, uh, I 
feel like girls because like i know athena would do the same thing you just kind of like look through the instagram like <laughs> i'd be like on like their mom's face like it'd be like two in the morning i'm like on their mom's face what are they doing this weekend yeah, and I'm, like, I'm like oh like you slightly sprained your ankle like five yeah. years ago uh-huh, <laughs> you know yeah. so um i try not to like watch them too much um lately i've been trying to like watch just more fighters in general yeah try to watch that but i would say just like watching my own sparring videos or like if i'm like at the gym and especially right now since i'm like a little injured if i'm there i'll try to watch like anthony you know uh adam antolin mark people like smaller people yeah and then kind of watch like what's successful for them yes because i know they're all like super successful fighters i look up to them and say okay like what are you guys doing and what's actually working for you yeah and it's just like to mentally add that to your toolbox right and it's so funny too because uh even like i loved watching ufc fighters right Mm -hmm. i love to watch tj i love to watch demetrius johnson i love to watch all the little guys Mm -hmm. and i was like oh what do i want to implement today i remember like being in like mondays and wednesdays like when we're sparring in the red room and be like all right what do i want to do today like how do i want to be long like john jones do i want to be uh agile by with like tj do you want to be well-rounded like demetrius johnson i was like what do i want to be today you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh i forgot what fighter did that uh, sugar ray sugar ray was well known for that like sometimes he would study an opponent and he was like what is this person uh what's his uh what does he lack and i was like you know what i'm gonna be like muhammad ali today i'm gonna be like mike tyson today i'm gonna be like mm-hmm. this person today i'm gonna be like that person today like he watches so many other fighters and it's like oh this person is very flat-footed i'm gonna move like demetrius johnson kind of like spin around him mm-hmm. anthony Dill is like a perfect example of that like he's like a he's like a fly like he's like three flies. <laughs> he's like three flies and I'm like a fly swatter and I can't hit him. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, bro, I'm dizzy. You know what I mean? It was, it was horrible and amazing working with him. You know what I mean? Because every time it was just like this huge, huge challenge. He makes it so effortless too. That's, and then you're doing like hello rounds and I'm like, <gasps> and he's like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, are you good? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, bro, I'm gas. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> it's wild. But isn't that so important to have training partners who are better than you yes it's like the number one way to get better yeah you know if you're spending all your training sessions beating up <coughs> other people <laughs> like <laughs> you're not gonna get better yeah. that's probably is like when your ego mm. gets big yeah you know? um having people like beat you up like having people who are better than you you know that like you can kind of gauge yourself against those people like as you start to get better, you can see like, oh, they're starting to work a little bit harder, yeah. like harder than they would. Like now it's instead of like, oh, okay, you're doing your thing. Like I'll submit you here or like, yeah. I'll catch you here. It's like, okay, like they're actually working, you know? Yeah. And even if they're still beating me, I'm like, I see that. I'm yeah. Like, okay. like I'm starting to, like, you have to work a little bit harder against me, you know? <laughs> What's one of the, I, I feel like, um, I feel like anything that people do, like whether it's you're a father, you're a mother or you own a business or you're just a specialty in something. Uh, it gives you something. Like it gives you a gift. Uh, what are some of the gifts that fighting gave you? Um, <laughs> on the spot right now. <laughs> trying to think. I mean, definitely the resilience that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know? Um, it kind of gave me like an escape. Kind of a way to deal with like a lot of emotions that like is hard to deal with, yeah. you know? So I think being able to separate myself from those things and like just work on getting good at something 
having that like really helps me yeah. like i remember like people saying like oh like when you step on the mats you have to leave everything else like off you know yeah. you can't think about those things or you're gonna get hurt mm. so it was a really good time for me and like still is like if i'm like going through something like okay like i have a place i can go where i don't have to think about those things yeah you know and i have like usually after your workout or like after your training session you feel better oh, you know missed. so you like have those endorphins going like a little bit of clarity like okay like maybe that is something i should like reassess or you know if that wasn't really that big of a deal yeah so i think that's kind of like the escape but not in a bad way yes. not in a bad way like oh like i'm escaping reality <laughs> like yes. it's more just like okay like i have a place where like i'm safe to like do my thing yeah and even like you being a combative athlete um do you kind of scratch your head sometimes like when people are kind of walking this earth and they're very unfamiliar with combat and it's a dangerous world out there you know and i feel like even to this day uh, I am not in the gym constantly, uh, but I still have to keep the blades sharp. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I don't know when I'll have to use them one day, you know, because there, there might come an opportunity where somebody's trying to rob me or somebody's trying to break into my house. It's like, oh, that switch needs to turn on. But does that kind of scratch your head that people ignore the combative aspect of life? Because I believe it is essential to learn. I think definitely like basic self-defense, you got to know, because I remember <laughs> being in school and just like, People knew that I trained, yeah. and so people would be like, hey, watch this watch this fight that just happened in the bathroom. Mm. What do you think? Oh and I'm like, God. whoa. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you guys don't know how to throw a punch. Yes. Like, you guys are hurting yourselves way more than you need to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I would say, like, everyone, like, should learn some basic aspect of it, you know? I think because even, too, it could take out, like, some of that, like, excessive violence mm, you know people yeah. don't know how to like deal with hard emotions and then they just go out and like hurt people yeah so i think if everyone kind of learned that way it would be good but um i think it's just not in some people's nature yeah you know my yeah. younger brother like he trained and then um he's actually like out of all of us he's like the biggest he's like six four yeah like 250 pounds but yeah. he's like just a big bear yes. you know i think he like there's sometimes sometimes a part of him like if he gets really upset he's like oh, i'm gonna fuck you up or like yeah. this or that but other than that he's pretty like chill chill yeah so i think it's hard like i think it's scary for some people to like even if you were to train in that like oh like i don't want to hurt somebody else yeah. even if they're like going to get hurt you know some yeah. people just naturally like kind of shy away like pacifist almost like where they just like oh they neglect violence or whatnot mm -hmm. yeah my only thing is just like I always feel like it'll come like even to this day, like, you know what I mean? I'm You're always, corner, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just like, what's going on? <laughs> no, literally like I always, I'm a big pro and con guy. Like if I stay out late somewhere, it's like, I really think about the pros and the cons. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of like, what could possibly happen? And I, if I, am I with friends who are hotheads that are going to create tension with other people? Like you gotta be mindful. You know what I mean? So it's like, even in that aspect, I don't ever want to put myself in dangerous positions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I also have, uh, kind of like the verbal discipline to not even go towards go that. Into that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kind of like, Hey man, like we're all good, but like relax. It's all good. And I think that comes from like the confidence of knowing like you could handle yourself yeah. if something does happen. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, they have no like emotional maturity or like just like conversational skills and just right away just swing. Yeah. You know, or like get physical. You know, I don't know like people like that. And it's just like, a lot of these things can be avoided if you guys yeah. talk to each other. Like, it sounds like, oh, like, 
world peace. <laughs> like, like if you guys really did just talk to each other, you guys wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna, I mean, I don't, I don't ever get into altercations. I never do. But if that day ever comes and somebody's like in my face, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna like hug the guy. <laughs> I'm gonna see if it works. I don't think you, you should be careful. That's when you need to be careful. I feel like if I hug him aggressively, he'll probably be like, hey, hey, like what's going on? But if I just like gently like, hey man, it's gonna be all good. Some people might start to cry. Like, oh, are you okay? Is it crazy? Cause like every time my friends send me DMs of uh, outside fights, like street fights, I am literally like terrified. I'm like, dude, these guys are like KOing each other and their heads are hitting the earth. It's bad, you know? Um, I know Chris is always he's like, he's like, oh shit, look at this. Yes. Like, Whoa. <laughs> like, I really don't want to see that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's crazy too because like I'll see like videos like say on like they're like oh like we're just like having like boxing but yeah. you know there's no because they don't know you know they don't mm. train but they're throwing like what like a hundred ten percent like what you throw like in a fight yeah. like which I guess like they're trying to do but like mm. then like people getting hurt and like it's like excessive brain damage um yeah that's just not a good no. Yeah, and I remember I saw a street fight. Um, this guy, normal guy, they're all these these guys were like circling around him and like one at a time were just getting at him. Guy KO'd him, right? And this was under a car garage. So what is it? Um yeah, street garage or something like that, like mm -hmm. a parking garage. And um this guy obviously knew what he was doing. He started kicking people and then like even the guy's like, What the fuck? Why are we kicking? Let's just box. And then he got lifted up and then just slammed, and all you hear is a thud. The back of his head hit the like parking garage floor and you just know like dude these people can possibly die that's yeah. the crazy thing do you ever think about that like after every fight that i had i gave my family a hug as if i wasn't going to see them again like that that's night what it feels like <laughs> right but i was like do, do other fighters think like that like because what we do it's like we kind of don't know yeah, I try not to think about it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I feel I feel like the people around me. Are like, yeah, you're like, just like see you, see you later. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna see you like this and that, you know? Because oh. especially like just in my head, like I'm like I don't I can't think about that, you know? I can't yeah. Think about that, oh shit, you know? Probably afterwards, yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I'm so glad to be here with you. Guys. Yeah. But mm. like even sometimes like I remember my first fight, um, like Rick looked at me he's like, remember your training? It felt like. Like, uh, like, fucking, I don't know, like, Star Wars, like, Yoda, like, fading away, and, like, I was gonna be all by myself. I mean, yeah, you are all by yourself in there, but I was like, yeah, you guys are gonna be right there, right? Yes. <laughs> like, you guys aren't leaving. Yes. Like, I don't like, know driving their cars this. and take off. Yeah. Yeah, that is, like, uh, probably, like, one of the most terrifying aspects of fighting. I think during, uh, COVID, like, the lockdowns, like, there were, like, three boxers, like, died in the same year. It was crazy. It was, like, even one of the guys with the corner was, like, talking to his fighter because he just took so much damage and in the ring he was just kind of like this and then when we went to the hospital he died because it is internal bleeding in the brain mm -hmm. it's insane yeah i've had concussions before and then i'm not gonna say when but <laughs> in training i did get knocked out yeah and you know after that it was a very like hey like i had to really think like is this something i want to do like yeah. what do i have to change or this isn't a possibility yes because that's something too like i've heard you talk about it here like or just in general like i want to live like a long life you know and yeah. i want to be present mm -hmm. like even when i'm old you know yeah. i don't want to be like 
you know, not there yeah. or like, oh, what did you just say? And it was like five minutes yeah. ago. Things like that. Like, that's scary. Yeah. So that's really what I think. I got to yeah. get better or even taking that time off. Like, I know there's some people that like I know who train. Not personally, but, like, maybe I see them on Instagram or just hear about it from other fighters. Um, they're like, oh, got a concussion. Mm. And then, like, a week later, they're back in sparring. Yeah. And that's really scary. And it's, like, super unfortunate, especially, like, nowadays. It's becoming a little more, like, hey, like, CTE is a real yeah. thing. Um, people, like, maybe not even CTE, but, like, hey, like, are you feeling okay? Mm. Like, are you, like, is your mental health bad, you know? Yeah. Things like that, like, checking in on people. It's a little better nowadays, I feel like, compared to, like, maybe a decade ago or, like, even before that. But there's still, <coughs> there's still some people who are, like, well, I'm, I love training, you know? <laughs> and it's, like, you can love something, but if you're going to let it, like, destroy you, mm. what's what's the point? Yeah. You know? You're not going to be able to be there, like, even if you become a super successful fighter, like, 10 years from now, you can't even remember your fights. Yeah. So that is something I do think about and, like, really, like, try to, like, okay, like, to like look into like literature like okay like how can i take care of my brain mm -hmm. even if i'm fighting like what are the things that i can like maximize the most because like whether people like to talk about it or not like you're taking damage yeah you know and one thing uh aka sunnyville the owner alex kambabian mm. he like talked about like hey like your brain your head everyone has like a different amount but you only have so many punches you can take you know and even if it's in training it's in a fight you know, that number goes down mm -hmm. and you're like maybe like a step closer to like something bad happening. So you really have to like watch out and like take care of yourself. I think me and Chris like kind of watch each other like, hey, like that was a little yeah. too much or like, hey, like if we end up taking like if we're like injured or anything, like we mm. talk about like, oh, like, you know, it's OK. This is time we're not taking like getting hit in the head. So we'll take it. Yeah. And I because uh, a family member asked me. He's like, do you, do you think you have brain damage? I was like, no, I definitely do. I was like, from 15 years old and leaving the game at 25, I was like, that's 10 years of sparring, a lot of work on the head. Uh, but I was like, but I beat it every day. I was like, if I'm constantly challenging myself, if I'm constantly learning and just putting my brain to work every single day, I beat brain damage every day. Mm -hmm. You know, like I always talked about that. I was like, I don't want to be 50 years old and have my wife wipe my ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if I feel like I'm prioritizing my health and doing the things I do daily, I beat it every day. So there is no worry, but I know it's there. Mm -hmm. But I just have to make sure, because if I'm doing hardcore drugs, if I'm getting drunk on a constant basis, uh, if I'm just literally deteriorating myself daily, yeah, I'm going to feel the effects much early in life. But if I do the complete opposite of that, I will be fine. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to do the work because I want to be here for a really fucking long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think especially because it's like MMA and even just like, Right, like boxing. Boxing, that's crazy. Jesus. <clears throat> like, These guys are 25 slurring the words already. Yeah, they're like five years old, like kids uh, hitting each other so hard and sparring. I'm like, damn. Mm -hmm. But, um, dang, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like saying that either. Kids sparring, because your brain is developing. And it's weird when, uh, I used to I used to watch my brothers play football. And it's so weird to see these parents scream, yeah, that's my boy. And it's like, dude, that's a concussion. That's a concussion. That's a concussion. I was like, dude, your kids are developing. I was like, why would you want to hinder their development years? Mm -hmm. Like, that's insane to me. Even when 
when I see kids that like uh fall like um one of our nieces the other day she fell on her head and I was like oh, yeah. oh like for me I was like oh my god like yeah. this and that so I can't imagine like being a parent and saying like all right today you're gonna spar and yeah. like can't even count to fucking fifty <laughs> you yeah, know like they're literally. so little you know like um uh, <laughs> at uh the crown fight nights yeah. Um, they had like some kids doing like Muay Thai. Yeah. And at first I thought like, you know, they had headgear on. I was like, maybe it's just like no contact for the head. Yeah. But they scream like head kick, head kick. Oh. And then the worst thing too was like the parents on the side were like, oh, like da da da. Cool. Um, I think one kid, one fight ended, he like um, checked a kick and it hurt him pretty bad and he couldn't continue. And then the other side, like the kid was like, oh, like cool. Like I won, like fight's over. But then the parents were just like, he's like in the corner like yeah like raising him up like you beat him this and that it's like you know there's like you can definitely be competitive and i'm not saying kids can't compete but i feel like it's on the parents you know yeah one you have to know what sport you're putting your kid in like the risk of that and really like ask yourself like is that something i want to put my kid through and then two like how are you treat like what are you showing to your kids you know like are you showing like Oh, just fuck everyone else, like, no matter what, you know? Because then it's, like, I've, like, I mean, like, I went to a kid's class, and, like, I grew up, and I seen certain people where it was, like, like, for me, personally, I was, like, okay, like, I always know my teammates, like, I have to, like, treat them good, you know? Because it's, like, like, we can go hard, but we trust each other not to go crazy, Mm. and we can still get in good training without hurting each other yes and then i know some people who like same thing like kids start training with their kids um just want to fuck everyone up yeah. and it's because of the parents like you have to fuck everyone up you know yeah but, but i i feel like us um you know we are being in the game it's like we know like we've had concussions and we know the effects of it like you don't feel like yourself and my kids are definitely going to know combat they are definitely going to learn the art but if if i ever found out a coach was letting my kids spar without my knowing i'm like bro who the fuck are you you know what i mean because that's insane and i'm like i don't remember like i remember the first time i ever sparred in my life i got concussed by a man who was 260 pounds head kicked me i was 15 years old first time i ever ever sparred i had the same thing happen to me but it wasn't (laughs) it was it was not my first time sparring (laughs) but but yes, like, I know. Like it's kind of crazy because like my career started with a concussion nearly, and it ended with a concussion. Oh, Weird, yeah? yeah. So it's like the first time I ever sparred, I got concussed. The last time I ever sparred, got concussed, and that's what made me make the decision. I was like, oh, I can't. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. Weird. And even like when I go, uh, when my brother used to fight, I used to give him work, and I wouldn't put my headgear or my mouthpiece because my intention was like, you're not gonna touch me. So. My whole intention now, if I'm going to work with somebody, I uh, my prioritize like when it comes to my brain, and I go into an intention of fighting a skilled, young, talented fighter. You're not going to touch me, mm-hmm. you know. And for me to not even have headgear, I'll put Vaseline on my face just in case. But I will not have my mouthpiece on just because I am literally prioritizing movement. I am getting in and I am getting out, literally. And I'm letting him know that. I'm letting my brother know, like, oh, you will not touch me. You will not hit me at all. These, like, three or four rounds that we go, you will not touch me. So even when it comes to just in general, like, I don't like to spar hard. And I definitely won't going forward. 
Like even when I'm working with you guys, whenever you guys you guys need me, I'm going to prioritize not getting touched. Mm -hmm. And when you guys do touch me, I'm like, hey, you got me. You know. What I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if I'm working with Chris, if I'm working with you, and if I get touched, if I get clipped, I'm like, hey, you did it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But anyways, uh, we hit way over an hour. By the way. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> Time flies, right? Dang. But Katrina, I want you to let you know that I want you to come on multiple times. Like I said, I wanted to do the group thing with like everybody and just even want to watch a pay-per-view here one time. I'm trying to yeah, get that. That'd be, that'd I'm trying down. to get that shit dialed too. <laughs> but uh, my very, very last question to you uh, out of all the years that you've been alive, what's the greatest lesson you've ever learned? See, I know you always ask this, this question <laughs> and I've been thinking, I'm like, dang, what is the greatest lesson I've ever learned? Um, I would think it would have to be comes down to like whatever you want you can give yourself yeah you know um i remember like last year i was going through like toughest time of my life there's yeah. a lot of things going on um and i remember my once like i would always think like dang like i feel like i don't feel like understood you know like no one like there are people who understand certain parts of like this happening or this happening or yeah. parts of me you know but i was like no one's ever gonna 100 percent like understand me you know, and like once I started working through that, like it was like, you know, like that's that's like that's how it is for everyone. Yeah. You know, but the one person that does know is like yourself. Mm. You know, like I know like why I'm feeling this way. Yeah. I know like all the context of like all the stuff in my life and just like my personality. Like I know why I feel this way and like I can communicate that with people, but I can also like take care of myself. Yeah. Like one thing I always see is like people like they want to be loved a certain way mm. or they want this or that. And they always like give it, like give that to other people to be responsible for, mm. you know? And because other people don't, will never 100% understand you. They'll like, in some way they'll fail to give that to you. Mm. So you just have to be like your greatest advocate. Like, okay, like I want to be treated this way. I'm going to treat myself this way. <laughs> or like, if I want to do this, like I have to do it for myself. Yeah. So I'd say like kind of like taking control of your life and realizing like you don't have to leave it up to other people. Yeah, beautiful. Well, you know what? I'm gonna give you another question actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the final question. Like, damn you, Daniel. <laughs> so I know you're gonna be a world champ. I know for a fact. Okay. Uh, there's gonna come a day where a young girl wants to be in your shoes. What would you tell her? What would I tell her? That she literally looks at you and like, I want to be a world champion just like you. I want to follow the principles that you do. What would you tell her? I would tell her that like, she just needs to keep training, keep doing whatever, like whatever it is, like she knows is right. Because mm -hmm. I feel like I can't tell you like, oh, you need to do this for your boxing. You need to do this for your grappling, you know. But it's also like being a fighter is kind of lonely mm. not like oh like lone wolf you know not like that <laughs> it's like you know is is in like in reality like it is pretty lonely like what yeah. you're saying like you have to say no to people most of that then especially as i feel like a female fighter it even gets a little bit more lonely yeah you know so it's like find your support find the people that are going to be in your corner they have good intentions you know make sure you're aware of that and then as long as you have all those things, like, you'll get there. If you keep working for it, if you really want it, you'll get there. Yeah, agreed. Are there any closing statements for the podcast? 
Oh, thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to set this up for a minute too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like a matter of just when. But honestly, Katrina, thank you for coming on. It's good to see you again. And I'm offended that I haven't been asked to come help. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. For sure. But overall, thank you for coming on. I can't wait to have you again. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're out of here. Goodbye. <laughs>